What's going on? It's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America Podcast 2.0, Season 3, Episode 23. Um, we get a little passionate on here. We reveal some very um, hard and sensitive truths to some of our upgraders who follow and listen to us. And we, you might hear some offensive language, but it's only to express and give context to experiences we had while serving in the Air Force. Um, so we want to let you fellow upgraders know that listening in those countries and regions that we're talking about, that uh, your humanity is important to us and because we understand what it's like here in America for our community as Black Americans. So we totally relate. Um, so just throwing that out there, some strong language. It shouldn't be too bad, but um, we get into a lot of different topics on on this episode. Just kind of roll with us because uh, <laughs> it went there today. So like, share, and subscribe. Peace and blessings and prosperity to you all. Upgrade America. Peace. broadcast peace world all of our upgraders around it you know what it is we're praying for world war peace god bless all of our haters out there too and you know just the clandestine agencies surveilling and all that good stuff today we are talking about bitcoin and nuclear bitcoin mining and how power companies are using nuclear power plants to mine bitcoin so without further ado Power is the purest form of currency. Cash is king, but it can't keep you cool. You can burn it like Pablo Escobar, but then it's all gone. Um, gold, you can't charge a device with that. You can't charge an EV. And Bitcoin is awesome, but it has very little utility outside of storage as well. And moreover, it would be very difficult to operate Bitcoin. Not possible, but encumbersome to operate Bitcoin without power. This energy crisis where people are paying over $5 a gallon at the pump on average, let's say like 4.75 at the pump, is even more evidence on why power is one of the purest forms of currency. So... Whoever partners with Bitcoin, whatever utility company partners with Bitcoin, I dare say may be the most powerful organization on their side. That was a corny dad to power company, utility company. Yeah. So <laughs> there's one particular company I want to shout out is Talon Energy. And they're using a nuclear power plant in Berwick, Pennsylvania. And they're leading the charge by working with Nautilus Crypto Mining to mine Bitcoin. And this is really cool because they're following the trend of ExxonMobil, who is using excess energy to mine Bitcoin as well. But it's kind of a broader scale of magnitude when you're thinking about a nuclear power plant. Like, when you can you really conceive how much power 
that is like nuclear death. I don't know, to mine Bitcoin, I think it's going to be spectacular. I work with utilities. I would like them to do something similar, but eliminate the third party. When you have a third party, you have to split money, split the revenue with, with, with more heads. And we don't want to do that. Do it internally. You have engineers who can figure out how to do Bitcoin mining. I dabble a little bit in Bitcoin mining. Generate the, how do you say, mine the Bitcoin and give portions of it to the shareholders. This in turn is going to, you know, addition to holding a particular stock, you would get the dividends and then the earnings from Bitcoin. And then from there, you can initiate phase two. Phase two is buying energy with Bitcoin. And I could go on on why Bitcoin is a, a preferred medium of, of, of purchase for its speedy transactions and settlements. That's probably the, the, where I would put the emphasis on. In the energy sector, utilities, any type of commodities, even in the stock market in the crypto world, it's all about buying them the fastest. And down to a millisecond, is a, these are significant factors. So if you can purchase energy cheaper, than your competitors, you have that competitive edge where you can offer our customers lower rates. And who doesn't want who doesn't want lower rates? And it's uh, addition to that, we can go on about security and, and numerous other reasons why Bitcoin is the preferred medium. Right now, the energy this energy in period is pegged to the U.S. dollar. And while we love America, God bless America, the show is entitled Upgrade America. It is very difficult to save a fungible, meaning easily printed. They're literally giving money away, literally giving dollars away. And in addition to that, easily frozen, the asset you see, the, the sanctions and whatnot, which are very political. So people are losing faith in the dollars. The Chinese, the Russians, they're creating their own, their own monetary system that's that's being pegged by by hard hard assets to buy energy. Russian overlord Vladimir Putin is accepting Bitcoin, but he, he will not accept dollars. He will not accept the euros. So uh, it's it's a it's a new world that we're entering into and if I dare say that American energy depends on Bitcoin I've ranted long enough <laughs> we, we got a really awesome show for, for you but what else we got on the radar and what don't we have uh, political unrest in Sri Lanka assassination in Japan China's in the news once again um, right. man where do we start? So I'll read this by our brilliant writer, Mr. Cameron Ra, who created this. A lot of politicians have created careers out of making promises and not delivering. It's one thing for citizens to vote against a lawmaker. 
they don't agree with. It's another thing to murder them in broad daylight during a campaign speech with a homemade gun. Wow, we warned you in Upgrade America policy for the future. Let's talk about political assassinations in the 21st century. Well, um, first I want to point out, you know, it's ironic that the gentleman's name was Abe. And Lincoln was like the first uh, president to be assassinated, I believe. You talking about Abe Lincoln or the, you talking about in current day? No, no, no. I'm talking about Abraham Lincoln historically. Wasn't he the first American president to be assassinated? I feel like he was. I think, I think he was. I think he was too. But I was just pointing out the irony that Abe, Abraham Lincoln, and the, the deceased, his name was also Abe. Yeah. Yeah. Starting, starting with that. But, um,. Yeah, so this is, I don't want to say it's unprecedented in Japan, but it's kind of like shocking around the world. Politically, people around the world, it seems that the there's a lot of, there's a lot of tension between the people and the politicians, particularly from the blip. We see what's happening with the SCOTUS, and, and the people are just downright upset that politicians have have not been uh, doing what they're supposed to do. I believe we discussed maybe back in season one about how the Congress people wanted to have, to be able to bring carry weapons into the Capitol. It might have been season one, season two. Yeah. But that is just a testament of the political tension between the people. And that's in America. Again, we're going to briefly discuss what happened in Japan. One of the oldest running politicians got killed giving a, a campaign speech. And I, I, the, the, uh, tongue twisted. the shooter used a homemade gun. Yeah. And we discussed the dangers of... of um, the evolution of gun control is like the state tries to ban guns there's okay so then revolutionists patriots what have you they make their own guns then they try to ban ammunition yada 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 but this is this is a case of that so the shooter used a homemade gun guns aren't there's not a lot of access to guns in japan Mm -hmm. and this is what occurred what are your thoughts on it? And I forgot to mention that the shooter was not quite a, a military veteran, but a uh, maritime, something with the maritime. Yeah, it had some sort of specialized training. Um, it doesn't surprise me. This is why we say gun control, why gun control is a hot button issue in America is because you see examples of what happens when people don't have guns. They still find a way to get get their objectives or mission done and also the government has complete control of these individuals so um obviously we don't want that because we see what our government has been doing and that's even though our forefathers are fucked up let's call it what it is own slaves and get all this fucked up shit they did have the vision to say hey we might want to keep guns in this constitution so they can't fuck with that because we learned how we created the country 
through revolution and standing up to tyranny, et cetera, et cetera. So all that to say, um, people are just fed up, to be honest. They're tired of politicians just saying, oh, I'm gonna get this done, and then they don't do it. So people are now questioning things, and they're just like, you know what? We're tired of protesting. We're tired of tweeting. We're tired of all this. We gotta actually do something about this. And so assassination's been going on since like damn near the beginning of time. And I have a dark passion for assassins because I think it's an interesting um, life path if you were to choose that route. And to try to understand what are the motives of each assassin is very interesting. But do you think it's monet it's monetary? Because absolutely, not all jobs, can't. but there it can be a lucrative it can yeah. be a lucrative game. But when you, I only mean to inject that when you consider yeah. there's no statute of limitations for murder, it's like what is the price for having to? Not necessarily live on the run, but like knowing you got hot cases. I don't know. And in in, I know in this time it'd be highly challenging to do it now because of CCTV technology, yeah. facial tracked, recognition. Being tracked. Um, I mean, the only thing you can kind of slip around with is Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. It's, it's monetarily and how you can move money and stuff. But other than that, it'd be quite challenging. Um, I, 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 I disagree. Okay, go ahead. So we're witnessing this technological transformation mm-hmm. where, remember the, the age of the old 100 years from now, I mean, 100 years before mm-hmm. the 1920s. You think of the Tommy guns, you think of gangsters robbing banks, running, rah, you know, doing like very uh, physical gangster stuff. But now when you look at how millions are being moved, how millions are being stolen and robbed, it's all digital. True. So the assassination game is only just going to get technological. We already know our, our friends in the agency got little flies. And you know that some of them have poison. But then you, you already see we're witnessing in real time in the Ukraine war how drones are being employed, you know, and average citizens are using commercial stuff you get off the shelf and they're wrecking, they're wrecking, uh, they're, they're really harassing Russian soldiers. Yeah. Um, so it's unfortunate. I think he was like the longest serving prime minister Mm -hmm. in Japan's history. Um, it's sad. I mean, he shouldn't, be taken out for that and he wasn't even campaigning to rerun for prime minister or anything like i think he was for an opponent or supporting somebody that was running in the upcoming election i think it was something like that he was basically stumping for them i think if i remember correctly now i want to inject that i don't recall the, the actual mechanics of the position but a controversial issue that was on the line was something about Japan regaining their military sovereignty. Yeah. Either, either he was for it or against it. I can't I remember. Yeah. I, I don't recall. It has something to do with nuclear too, because they mentioned Nagasaki 
and I think because of the uh, nuclear meltdown, was it family? I, I'm butchering. Yes, I, it was something tied to that as well. Something about they wanted to keep using nuclear energy, even though that accident happened. Or it was something to that effect. It was tied with that. I know for sure because they brought up the Nagasaki Hiroshima thing. And so. I didn't do a deep. I didn't take yeah. get a chance to do a deep dive on the shooter. But again, if we imagine we could get more information on his motives by yeah. uh, doing a, a further dissection, it might be worth following up. Yeah. Um, what else we got? So many people in America believe racial bias in policing is a myth. Yet we must ask why a police department outside of Detroit uses images of black men in hoodies and backwards caps holding guns as shooting targets. Shout out to the Boy Scouts for your vigilance and report. Let's discuss this. So I ran across this on Twitter somewhere that the Boy Scouts of America, I guess they were doing the tour of a mm-hmm. police department outside of Detroit, and they happened to see the targets hanging up in the gun range, and they were all black males, the targets. And mm-hmm. somebody reported them and was like, hey, what's going on with this? Why is this like this? So I bring the question, can we stop denying that there's racial bias in policing? What do you think? Upgrade America is attacking this issue. Well, first I gotta ask, did they shoot those targets? Oh, nah, it's too simple. <laughs> you too wrong, I already know you was going with that. <laughs> too simple. But, um... Dark humor, vets are pretty fucked up. Just throw Yo, that you can't there. deny it, though. Yeah, we can't. And it's like, again, shout out to, uh to the Boy Scouts for the vigilance. I don't know the ethnicity of the individuals, but for them to look at that and know that, hey, something is wrong for, and what is the name? Boy Scouts. These are children who can identify like, hey, this something's wrong with this. Why can't adults who many of them are are elected and and on on positions and boards, why can't y'all see this? Why do we keep denying that this is a problem in America? And, um, personally, I don't know why there should be any type of racial bias in a target, a paper target, at that. I mean, there, it, it, it seems to be leaning, uh, it, it's gonna have this psychological effect on, on whoever's doing that training and, I don't know. This is um I got I got other questions. I got follow-up questions on this. It made me think. What about black police officers that serve and see those targets and they have to work with these people side by side? You and I know well as well, we had uh fellow military members that were racist. Or in hate groups, covertly exactly. in hate groups. And most of it is covert, but it would slip out when this is a dirty secret about the military, and I could be wrong, but there's a lot of allowed racism in certain mm. situations in the military. And I'll give you an example. You're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. When they used to show those videos, especially in like 2002, 2003-ish, that time frame, mm. especially, of our sorties, 
with the heavy rock going, let the bodies hit the floor, like all this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like this. These were kind of times where I, I can look back at it now, like, oh, this is kind of like allowed racism. And when you're describing, say, Iraqis or Afghanis, when we're just in just talking about it, you would hear certain things like mm. what's, like camel jockeys and like all these uh, slurs and intentional things. So I'm just keeping it real. There's mm. times where there was an allowance, I felt like some leeway to be discriminatory or bigoted, et cetera. And I don't want to defend it looking objectively like through every military conflict they seem to have some sort of slur for the enemy mm-hmm. and um is it a way to is it a way to get the unit to to, to, to muster that hate i don't know i but think so. I, I, mean, do, yeah. I never really thought about that until you mentioned it now because for me it's like biasly made racism to my lens was like towards me I never really thought about it from the Middle Eastern perspective and the derogatory language that was used towards uh, people in that theater but yeah that, that was um you really gave me a food for thought yeah um and it's not and I'll be honest too it's not just uh, ethnic, ethnically white folks. It's Hispanic, black, you know, I mean, granted, racism, we've already acknowledged is a system. But as far as bigotry um, or prejudice or discrimination, anybody can do that. So I've even heard like a, a Latino dude speak like that. And it was kind of weird, really threw me off. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, this happened on the outside but he, he was a former Marine and he, we got to this place where they were Middle Eastern, a Middle Eastern descent or a Palestinian or something like that. Here in Orlando, basically like a lot of tire shops and stuff like that, they tend to be Palestinian, Middle Eastern, stuff like that, right? And it was one of these stops. And he, I remember it, like he had a moment, he had a PTSD moment. And I was like, whoa, like I recognize it instantly. I'm like, hey, he triggered by something. What is he triggered by? So I'm well, looking specifically around. Specifically, like, what did he what did he say? Um, I can't remember, but he went off on like a tangent, like um fucking tile jockey, like those kind so of it was anti-Arabian Yeah, anti-Middle Eastern, yeah. I see, I see. So he went on a tirade like that, and I was like, uh, but I understand. I don't agree with it, but I understand why he would feel that way. Um, especially being a Marine, you know. Um, and I've had uh, buddies I've employed with. Yeah. And when, you know, we come back, and particularly in this instance, the it was a Middle Eastern gentleman, but he turned his back on the, on the guy when he was talking. He flipped, and he's like... Because in the combat theater, we were used to putting these people from um, the Middle East, this, this ethnicity, at, at disadvantage. And, you know, like, that's just what it is. You say, get on the ground, don't, don't freaking look. Like, people do what you t- you're told. And I guess in this case, like, the guy turned around and he was like, 
yo, don't turn your freaking back on me, and he snapped off, like, well, like, so, yeah, there's, um, a lot of, uh, conflict, and, but yeah. how does, uh, how do we, how do we, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about solutions. De-racialize it, though. Like, I just know in the, in the military, all our targets were not. <laughs> At least with my experience, I did not shoot targets that looked like the opposition. Nah, Paper targets that looked like yeah, the opposition. It was just very basic and standard. So that's one simple thing they can do um, in police departments. Uh, state federal mandate. Hey, you would think it'd be cheaper too. You think it'd be cheaper to get the get the plain targets than yeah. uh, the police accounting should be fired. Yeah. Whoever authorized that purchase. So it really comes down to a lot of things we've been talking about on our podcast: education of history, the full. Ad- adult i can't talk either today unadulterated history of america uh cultural exchange is very important between every group we need some kind of cultural exchange so you can kind of understand oh this this culture does this a certain way this culture does this a certain way um that's why we were talking about last episode how police training needs to be like a year and it needs to be inundated with all these things that we're talking about right now because that's the problem with policing. Um, and, and then obviously you got to do a background check on these folks um, to see if they have any ties to hate groups, et cetera, et cetera. Um, which I don't see why that's not a part of the process anyway, but if the same people that are in power hate too, they're going to let that stuff in because that's a like-minded individual. So as we've seen on every level, federal to local, you know, white supremacists are infiltrated in all levels of law enforcement. So I really don't know. It's a very systemic problem. Again, I think changing the approach on how the, the fire team approach yeah. is going to, to help having that counselor spending your your shift with a counselor who's been trained in empathy not only for how do you say for the potential suspect for a citizen but they're also being trained in empathy to work with that with that uh with the cop true you know? so it's like they're going to be interacting and i, I I don't know. Optimistically, I'm, I'm hoping that energy will rub off and 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 to find a an empathetic approach that way too. But yeah, we're brainstorming. Yeah, and I definitely put that advisory on the audio side of the podcast. Like you know, you might hear some offensive language, etc. On this case, because you know we got some real sensitive stuff. And then we got upgraders all that that live in these areas. So shout out to you, upgraders. We just sharing our truth on like what we've experienced. Um, you know what I'm saying? And I consider us pretty um, fortunate that we don't hold those ideals. And I think if it wasn't for us traveling outside of the military and reading and enlightening ourselves, we would still hold some of those hateful values, to be honest. 
Um, but I don't think we've ever really accepted it. We accept it as a mission, just like I'm sure those people defending their homeland looked at us probably the same way, like you're the enemy and probably had their terms for us too. Um, War is personal and it's not. Yeah. At the same time. Well put. Um, what else we got? So we got, um, <sighs> let's talk about Sri Lanka, what they got going on over there. Yeah, you sent me this wild clip where they like raided the president's mansion and they're all like partying and swimming in this pool. That's wild. And it gives new insight on why those huge walls around the White House. Like, I want to say, when was the last time I was in DC? I don't remember, but I think post, I don't, I think they're still there from the Trump era. Like, mm-hmm. security's still tight. But what do you think? Um, I, I took another, I looked at a little, another clip and they're going through the same stuff we're going through. They were like, politicians are spending our money unwisely, mm. except for the Sri Lankan, uh, I think it was a prime minister or president, whatever. He was spending it on a luxury lifestyle. He was building places like in other, like luxury places and all that. And meanwhile, the citizens are going through like, shortages in food like um stuff like that and they know that their money their tax paying dollars are going to his luxurious lifestyle so that's why they protest i was watching that unwind and like they're saying he like fled before like they raided his mansion and i'm like at the time i'm like i almost feel bad for the guy now hearing you describe that i'm like oh okay he's doing mismanaging your funds to the how do you say uplift his his lifestyle like yeah i i fully understand and, and it seems that rather the fire of political revolution it's like it's becoming a global trend absolutely and then you you mentioned um tainted baby formula i was just hearing about this high energy mm-hmm. prices we're on the brink of a global food shortage, just what you're describing. This is why lawmakers are opting to reduce meat production in Europe. I didn't hear about that. What's what's up with that? What? So then let's do a live Google for our, uh, for our, how do you say, for our upgraders. Okay. The, the baby formula, we already discussed. That's happening in America, but we're getting a lot of that from overseas. That's okay. a problem. The energy crisis, this is a global thing. But yeah, what's mm-hmm. happening in, in Europe right now is farmers are on strike and they're wild and they're up armoring their tractors, man. Bullet, like bulletproof this. Ping, ping, yeah. ping, ping, ping. And they're driving them into uh, certain places. I, I, I believe there's some mention they wanted to block off airports. Like they are wilding because oh, wow. the lawmakers want them to literally kill their livestock. Please Google this. Why farmers are striking in the Netherlands. Oh, it's in the Netherlands, okay. In the Netherlands, but I believe it's going to breach all other parts of Europe, or may already have. But, um... Go ahead, continue talking, I'm gonna look Essentially, it, it boils down to nitrogen emissions. Mm-hmm. You hear a lot of talk about carbon emissions, but nitrogen emissions is a problem too, evidently. And in order to combat that, they, their proposal is radical and ridiculous. Is that oh, they wow. kill, kill livestock. Let me but see. You, you yeah, I found it. Um, you can check it out, Jazeera. I just looked at them real quick. Yeah, I see what you're talking about now. 
So they're all in protest laws that regulate emissions produced by livestock, but will have a significant impact on the farming community and the larger economy. Um, Netherlands failed to meet its emissions reduction targets, so permits for new homes and roads have not been granted since 2019 to pre prevent further pollution. The government has introduced tough new rules. A $100 billion food export industry is one of the biggest in the world. It could be badly affected. So, Whoa, hold on, say that one more time. A hundred billion dollars. Yeah, food export. Biggest in the world. Can one of the biggest in the, it's one of the biggest in the world, yeah. But so, if you don't think that impacts our yeah. upgraders or and our upgraders in America, like, there's something to consider. But please, I'm sorry. Well, not what well, that was. It. it was pretty much short. It was a video clip, but not okay, only so that. Not, what's, what's really important is what they propose is that the farmers, if you could Google, let's see what we got. I think how to phrase that, how uh, orders to kill their livestock. Because if you do the, the deep, did you Google why they're protesting? Yeah, it was something they didn't hear hit emissions reduction um, targets. And I guess the government is like, all right, we coming down hard on you. And like, basically they're stopping them from making a living as well as the environmental impact um, in the Netherlands. Yeah. yeah, and they got a lot of these farms are gonna have to shut down. Yeah, that's people's living way of life, you know? Oh, American farmers have been told this too. Um, they're paying, let's, being American farmers, I'm just looking at the Google searches, mm. the populate to like depopulate their farms, their livestock. Um, wow, that's a lot of. I didn't know it was a lot of this. I remember seeing that um they said a bunch of cows were dead from heat and all this stuff, but um, I have to ask my mom about this. She was USDA, so. And that is, uh, that is very concerning, particularly how it's already impacting America. And it, you must take into consideration the people who are already managing the blip. Mm -hmm. I don't say their names because we'll get banned. But they want us to eat bugs. They want bug farms instead of meat farms. They want yeah. Just keep that in, in mind. But, um... Yeah, it's interesting times that that we live in, man. Yeah, I'm sure. I really want you to find that proposal. And oh. shame on me, I don't have my I don't have my computer. Nah, you in, good. in front of me. But if you could find something where it's like them ordering the farmers. Where was this at? Was it Netherlands? The Netherlands. Yeah. Netherlands. Like, or how much how much uh, livestock will die because I don't know how. how uh, what else we got to talk about while I'm looking this stuff up? We had, let's see. Yeah, oh, how do you, I know we're, you know, there's a hot button issue with geopolitics. So, BRICS stands united in resolving Israel Palestine Middle East conflict. And then we also hearing of a Arab NATO taking form because mm. of what's going on in the world because of the conflict of uh, Ukraine and Russia. That's kind of like the impetus of why they're like, hey, it might be time to do our own thing. 
So, and all this against Iran too. I, I kind of find it interesting. I'm like, so they're they're the boogeyman. I was really? thinking that too. Well, like, why? Why do you think Iran is like such a focal point? And it's almost like you got a mega. You have a mega team now. You saw the military breakdown from uh, what was the? Yeah, yeah. Thing? What's that? Um, I Very really great newscaster, by the way. Yeah. I follow them. They're, they're pretty good. Yeah, I follow her now. I follow her on Twitter, and I follow the news organization. It's Gravitas Plus, but I think it's called something like World Something. But okay. basically, Iran's military reserve and active duty is almost like a million troops. It took like all the Arab nations to even come close to that, and they still don't as far as troops to fight Iran. Um, Cam knows how I feel about this. That's why he's so excited right now. CJ <laughs> <laughs> goes in when he talks about Iran. Nah, because I look at the missed opportunities. This goes back. Oh, they're building to get nuclear weapons. We got nuclear weapons. Russia got nuclear weapons. India, Pakistan has nuclear weapons. What's the what's the fucking difference? Like at this point, doesn't North Korea have? Nuclear weapons allegedly, right? Yes, no. They they've done uh they've done underground validated underground things. Who cares at this point? Like I'm looking at it and it's sad. It's like they're trying to find a boogeyman for that region for no reason when they can be one of the best allies if they would sit down and talk with them. And then the tie with China going in economically with Iran, which I said we should have done gives them more of an upper hand and then so on top of that is, is that a conflict of interest then <sighs> israel's like okay cool with bricks but i don't like iran right but, but that's but that's why like part of bricks yeah and, and it's that, like hey what's up iran how you doing like isn't that a little conflict of interest? but china seems to have plenty of because China and India have conflicts and they're in bricks together. So, I don't know. Yes. Not, I look at Israel sideways, like, wait a minute, y'all are getting our taxpaying dollars. Hmm. You American upgraders, pay attention. They are getting our taxpayer dollars, billions a year, hmm. for a period of what, 10 years? I think we had looked it up on like season two. It's been it Yeah. So, they're getting money for us, but now. Now, granted, the U.S. wants this because now a part of me kind of agrees with this because it takes a lot of responsibility off of us security wise, like our military. This is what this is what the report said. And I kind of thought about, well, that kind of would make sense if they I, are. I want to inject, though. OK, you go ahead. It takes it off of military. I, I believe there is a, a defense risk because Israel is sharing defense technology with everyone on that list. Are all I, those people in there our friends and including uh, Brits? I would say no. But I would also counter that. We don't tell them everything just like they don't tell us everything. That's just that's just statecraft. That's how that but works. Would you want, so you don't think that Israel will give <laughs> They may not give everything to people we may not want them to, but they may give more than what we wish them to get. Me personally, I would cut off our funding right away. Like, that's cool. You want to do that? 
we can be cool, but you don't need our money to be cool. <laughs> you don't need my money to be friends, right? Sure don't. You don't need our constant funding for your sovereign and, state. And that's you a very that. valid point when you consider you're now doing business, having business relations with other powerful countries. So, there you go. So, what? I say, throw that $3 billion in the reparations camp. Like, I mean, we can solve infrastructure. Like, I mean, there's so many things. This money we give to Israel every year, we could be using it for something else. But unfortunately, our lawmakers don't use it for the right shit either. So it's kind of like it's very frustrating as an American knowing this and knowing that even to run for these positions, you gotta have all the fucking money just to run. Right. Then you got a campaign while you're this is the other part of politics you're not taught and why it's not a not necessarily achievable for your average citizen like ourselves to run for certain positions is because that cost of campaigning and all this is what either makes you or breaks you. You gotta do the political campaigns on the billboards, you gotta do digital it's still on the threshold. Yeah, and that threshold. I mean, remember I was describing that that age of the physical age with the Tommy guns when you run up in there, and and mm-hmm. that's how people moved. But we're on that threshold where that's it's going to be democratized. Technology is going to democratize those opportunities. This viral growth that every citizen is, is able to. Yes, the algorithms can shut it down, but boom, if you hit a million overnight, you're gonna reach a million people. And um, <laughs> there will be a way that the average citizen, if not I, someone else out there, one of our upgraders perhaps, yeah. will find unconventional means because that's exactly what this is. This is a guerrilla operation. You cannot, your, op, your opposition is using the conventional means. Opposition is a conventional force. It has all the tanks. It has all the air power. And I say that figuratively. Mm-hmm. But your mission is to use unconventional means to slay Goliath. Oh, man. I forgot this ad. This guy, black dude, Republican running in uh, somewhere. He used the ad showing the KKK and he was talking about the Second Amendment. He said, want to take our guns and this and that. Well, I have my gun to protect me and my family. And he had the Democrats as KKK Mm. in this uh, political ad. And it it was setting fire on Twitter. I seen, or Twitter IG. I think it was IG I might've seen it on. And I thought that was fascinating approach because I've never heard Democrats being called KKK. I have uh, several times, particularly when I, I, I debate Republicans offline. Mm-hmm. But so let me ask you this: Is it better to essentially what we're 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 non-partisan, we're independent? But is it easier? To infiltrate a party, let's say like Donald Trump. Like I studying him, I don't think he's a real Republican. I think he infiltrated the party because it was easier to infiltrate that party than the Democratic Party. 
Makes sense. Is it easier to do that and then infiltrate a party, control I, it, and then and then do it, or yeah. to create your middle path and battle both parties for supremacy? I I think that's the only way to do it right now because of the two party system. If I pay attention to people that run. They'll speak like us, but they got to pick either Democrat or Republican. But here's the thing. Here's how I view it. Like, I, view, I view the Republican Party and the Democratic Party as conventional armies. Like, and they must play and fight by conventional means. Mm-hmm. But I view independent candidates as guerrilla forces. We can do whatever they want to get the mission done. And in that agility, I think with the correct resources and the right team, an independent candidate will find victory. I think we would have to do it at a lower level and it has to do it that way. Grind up, really. That's the only way. Gather data. I suppose you could do it on a lower level and get a lot of data there too. um, I don't know, I'm a stubborn, top-down type of guy. Yeah, I do feel like you and I should be able to run for president, and we don't need all that fucking money and all that. We need, we just need to show up to where we need to show up, like the big events. Let's do this thing. I think the first step is one, you have to demonstrate something to the people. And most people, they want a show of wealth. And I think that's a poor demonstration of leadership, particularly when wealth can just be transferred with Bitcoin in a blink of an eye, or you know, you just inherit it. Yeah. Or, or people come into money for stupid reasons. So that is that's not me. Oh, this person's a billionaire, so certainly they know more than Captain Rob. That's 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 just ridiculous. But yeah. I can rant on this all day, bro. I, I really think we're gonna we're reaching that threshold where technology and, and just brilliance and innovation can topple those conventional uh, parties. I'm really excited and I can see what you're saying. I won't disagree with you. Um, I'm just kind of frustrated to be honest because it's like, that's all it's gonna take because our generation on down is gonna look at things, I feel like a little more practically. Interestingly enough, I feel like actually younger generation is pretty practical. Um, granted, they use it through technology. They use it more through technology. Let's say our generation, even though we grew up in the technology, we understand it. But I think from talking around them, like being around them and hanging around them at my at my current job, more so than most jobs, I've been around a lot more Generation Z and under, and they are pretty practical. They're more about efficiency and like telling them how it is and like hey you say you want us to do this let's do this like don't say this and then don't do it like I've, I've been seeing examples of it at, at my workplace like these these kids don't play that shit <laughs> they like all right. uh, they learned a- early about being lied to and they want accountability yeah and it's time to you know it, it, it really is like it's time to be accountable. Oh, upgrade America. 100%. Um, solutions for this. I know we know that they have like um, organizations to 
groom you to be a political, being a political race and all this, which is good. But the problem is it comes down to, once again, campaigning. You need that money to campaign currently. Um, not every position. Some positions you just got to look for your opportunity. Like, but we redefine the bounds of a campaign. What is really a campaign? You're I talking mean, about you need what? You don't always have to go across the country on a tour bus and do this. You no. can get, I dare say, you can get more reach on the internet. It's no. like cool. You host a town. You host a town hall meeting. I'm tooting my own home. But in 2000, what, were we doing this in 2019? Shit, was it? It might have been. Yeah, I think we were doing this in 2019. We were doing this before the blip, right? Yeah. The intention was, oh, like, I can't, I don't have a tour bus. So, like, I'll just do a podcast and this will be my political campaign and run for president. But lo and behold, the, the blip came out of nowhere and it shut down your conventional politicians' means to do campaigning. Town halls got minimized because of the attendance and, and the social distancing mm-hmm. and have you. So, as a backup, they had to have what we did initially. True. So, like, campaigns, the reach, and, and people, campaign money, billboards, radio, conventional TV, we don't live in the, those worlds. That's true, also, too. A huge voters don't live in those worlds. We live in our phones. So, if you can reach voters on their phones, spend that money there. So the only thing I retort is because of the baby boomers and up, they still vote and still use those other mediums more than our generation on down. And unfortunately, you still need their votes to get in certain positions. I, I really want those numbers from a national perspective, because I'm not saying I don't care about the boomers alone. Like, we have policy that accommodates it all, I, I, will, I would like to say. But I'm just saying from a marketing perspective, like, what slice do we have to accommodate to reach that that art, that audience? Yeah, because I know we're one of the biggest populations. Actually, millennials are probably, what, the second biggest population, I feel like, after boomers? So boomers are the biggest? I think still. But I think we're like right there. I feel like. Hold on, let me do a quick Google search. I'm curious. Um, because if if millennials are the majority, like pump money in the mobile. Generational. And video games. Oh, I did that too. <laughs> <laughs> Upgrade America. In USA, let me see something. Um, uh, average population age or something USA yeah that's what I'm trying to see um greatest generation oh so this is something from somewhere I guess the US Census Bureau oh shit so we're like we eclipsed um auto generations and gen z is right behind us they're so actually right Z? under gen z is like 
uh, was it like 92 thousands on down or something like that? I think like two thousands and and yeah, I think it's two thousand, like the year two thousand on down. Those are interesting demographics. So we're the highest actually, our demographic. Then is Gen Z, believe it or not. Baby boomers are second. So it goes, okay, let me frame this right. It's millennials, baby boomers, um, Gen Z, then Gen X, then it's the silent generation, then the greatest generation. What the heck is the greatest generation? Ooh, that's like 90s on up. Like people that's like that age range. Like, um, oh, my grandparents' age would be like the silent generation. 80s, 90s on up as far as age. Mm So that's like World War Two, World War One, like that generation. That's interesting. I didn't, uh, I didn't really put it in a perspective like that. And then even yeah. putting it in perspective from the, uh, the war, because mm-hmm. we've been at countless, countless military countless You already countless. know. Um, I think what we do we say we only had twenty years of peace since we've been a nation, something like that. Hasn't been that long. It's something like that. We I we talk, like I think seasons. 80s were mild. Yeah, I think it's something we only went like 20 years without conflict as a country. <laughs> anyway, um, so millennials and Gen Z, I gotta say that's what uh, about. Let me do some quick math real quick for the for the upgraders out here. So we got what 73. We're gonna say 74, we're gonna round up. So 74 million for Gen Z and 79 million for, so that's 153 million right there. I would really like to massage that data and kind of get a feel for who's living in their phones and Mm -hmm. who's still like, uh, you know, using cable and radio and stuff like that. And from a marketing then, perspective, you can target them. And then I believe California entertained the idea of allowing 16-year-olds to vote. So yes. that would increase the voting population in that millennial group. Yeah, we, we got a slight edge when I put Gen Z and millennials together versus Gen X and baby boomers. And we got a slight edge, like a few million difference. But it's almost split down the middle. So it would be our grandparents, if they're still actively voting and up, that would tilt either way, tilt the election Hmm. either. Well, I mean, you have to consider all your constituents and America as a a whole, you know, with policy. So we'll do our best to accommodate everyone. Well, let's let's go ahead and Let's throw this last part in there. Upgrade America concept of having multiple forms of voting, which is now digital. It's that time Mm. to have digital voting. We already have mail-in. We already have traditional paper ballots. It's time for digital. It's just that time. There are, um, the last I was on Twitter, I recall some, uh, Lawmakers entertaining the idea with Ethereum and blockchain voting. 
nothing concrete. I would like to see something solid though. Let's what go. else we got? Uh, what else we got on our rundown, man? Uh, I think we covered pretty much everything, bro. <laughs> we just hit it. Boop. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. So it was like, yeah, Bitcoin, nuclear mining, and everything in between. Like, we gave some solutions on how to upgrade America. Always a pleasure hanging out with you, CJ, and the whole wide world. Like, <laughs> I guess on a positive note, you can do a philosophical thing or uh, some encouraging words for upgraders. I was going to share. That I did go see um, Thor, the newest movie. Oh, um, it came out? Yeah, it came out Thursday night slash Friday. Ha, ha, ha. You heard it? You heard what you said? Yeah. Thursday Thor's Day night. <laughs> I know you would enjoy that. Um, <laughs> so I went to see it. I've heard, okay, critics are like, ah, oh, it's awesome. It's the best Thor movie. But then you talk to the people, they're kind of like, Ah, uh, it's cool, but it ain't the best one. Was it visually stimulating, though? Absolutely. Um, I'm because like, if anything, you, the the graphics have to be better than yeah. the last one. And even if the story is god awful, like at least you you get some visual entertainment. But please go. Without spoiling it, it was kind of interesting how they stuck to some historical. Um, like behaviors. mythology yeah well mythology but some behaviors in those um ancient societies they kind of stuck to and you gotta watch it to understand what i'm talking about um without spoiling i don't want to spoil anything i know people are watching it throughout the weekend and monday you'd be able to talk about it freely but you know that's the written rule of movies and tv shows etc etc so um I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. It was very entertaining. Um, Thor has kind of, to me, a Deadpool vibe to it. They don't really take themselves so seriously, but there are serious moments. So I kind of look at them as like, Guardian is, Guardians of the Galaxy is a little more serious to me than, say, Thor, in my opinion. Now, what do you mean by serious? Like, the serious tones, you know, like, Captain America is very serious. You know, it's very dark. It's like geopolitics in your face. Like, boom, like people <laughs> dying, you know, like it's it's more serious, but- You're saying Thor, Thor had that vibe? Yeah, Thor, no, I'm saying it didn't have that vibe. I'm okay. saying the Thors to me are more like tongue in cheek, kind of satirical, kind of, besides the last Thor, which I read, that's probably my favorite one because it was like more consequences. Like I like, if the villain is really good, that means the movie's going to be good. That's that's kind of my formula now. I yeah, I agree. That. You gotta have a great villain. So the villain, the sister came in there wrecking shot. You know, in the last one, he loses an eye. Like that's real stuff. Okay, I ride with that. So I, can you at least give us this detail? Like I recall last story I watched, like. He, he let himself go. Did he at least get himself back? Did he start off in that form, or did he get himself back in the shape? Am I missing the movie? Where, nah, where yeah, again? you'll see it. They explain it. Like his homeboy, like does the narration, which I love narrated movies and shows. Okay. Love narration. So they explain it, and you'll see the metamorphosis. But yeah, he get back in shape. So. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> glad to see him 
in his form the last uh, the last time I saw it. But great what? franchise. I'm more of a I'm waiting for this to hit Disney Plus. Okay. In addition to that Lightyear movie as well. Like mm-hmm. I don't care about the the wokeness and the, the kissing scenes. I, I admire animation, so I want to see how Disney delivers this both films actually. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know uh-huh. Disney owns everything. Yeah, um, they they had, like I said, they'll have a little couple of moments in there as far as the different communities represented, but it, I feel like it was kind of subtle um, in this movie. I'm looking forward to Black Adam, though, and I'm not really a DC person, but The Rock plays Black Adam. That looks so cool. Yeah, I saw the, yeah. The, uh, saw the trailer for that. I'm like, yeah. Shazam franchise? Well, yeah, DC. So, yeah, they're both DC. No, but uh, isn't, like, is Black Adam the villain for Shazam? Like, they got the same suit or similar suit. Similar, it's almost like they got similar powers. And, yeah, they they might be connected somehow, actually. I would have to research that because I'm not up on DC like that. I only watched the trailer. I didn't get much. I didn't really uh, get much from it, but it looks like it's going to yeah, I mean, pretty much everything The Rock does is good. I mean, he has a couple of flops, but overall, like he does very good work actually. Cause he was in he was in part of that pinning process, like production, like with the pen. So I would I would be concerned if The Rock became president. You would be concerned. Very concerned. Okay, hold on. So now we got the movie shit out the way. Let's talk about this real quick. Why would you be concerned? Just because he makes such great stuff. He makes such great work. Okay. And anything that would be sold, because again, our reality, it's like we're having this conversation is through our screen. So anything that's being, any agenda that's being sold from The Rock is going to be guzzled down, gobbled up, and He's, he's flirted with running. People have asked him. He did. And I, I think he would do it. He would do a wonderful job at it. I actually he think he would. Yeah. When you when you consider, uh, you know, yeah, his, his speaking and his, his appearance and everything, like, he would nail the part, but he would nail it too good. And that's why I would just be concerned who is handling it. If I think he would be a great candidate, he'd be a great. I'm telling you, he would wipe out the Republican candidates if he actually ran and went on that ticket, right? Because he's Republican. Um, he would wipe the competition out. He would. I feel like it would be a landslide. Like he would win. Already though. Like he meets the money. He meets the money. Check like made X amount of millions. Blah blah. He's and American. I'm sure he has productions. Yeah. Like, like yo, I manage this multi-million dollar productions, me project management, blah blah blah. So you have these leadership skills. So it's like he's he's a wonderful candidate. It's just like I just know if he tries to sell us that aliens are here and they're really not people would be like, yo, this movie is on CNN. Like eat it up. I don't know. I think that's me personally, I think that's like the natural step for him to go would be to run for office because of he's getting Ronald old. Reagan did it. 
Yeah, he's getting he's getting older, and like, there's only so many different movies he can really do. I mean, he's done kid movies, action, like, you know, I'm kind of looking at it like I could see him wanting to do something a little more ambitious, a little more challenging. Um, knowing his personality type, that would be interesting. Him running running for. Um, I'm gonna reach out to him on one of the platforms and see what he says. When you running, bro? <laughs> Just see what he says. When is it? So it's 2022. 2024 next. is the next presidential election. Oh no, I'm saying currently right now it's 2022. Historically, it's like people announce one year prior. Like I, I believe Trump like lightweight announced. I think so. He but kind of, I think like, I real deal, like his grand deal is like, yo, I'm really doing this next year. I think he did it like, hey, I might run. And then all of a sudden, like, he put his pay, he was slick. He put his paperwork in. And then that's when he came with the grand announcement, like, I am running for president. Da, 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 da. I think he did it kind of like that. He did like a soft, like, yeah, you know what? I might run. And then boom, he runs. Can so, you imagine, like, Tom Cruise is a mock? One for president, a mock trailer for running for president, which was dope. He really wasn't running, but the way he did it was like very impressive. Could you imagine The Rock's? Oh man, because he's so good. Doing his own, doing his own stunts and stuff. Like that would be so tough. But The Rock would be actually a good candidate. I really think who would I would be wondering who his running mate would be. I'll run with him. I can keep up. Yeah, that'd be dope. Now, what I do, Vice? Hmm? Sure. Sure. I would do Rock Rock. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that would be that would be really cool because The Rock is what? Generation X? Then you would have a millennial in. That works. Yeah, maybe I'll reach out to him on, on Twitter too. But again, I wouldn't be surprised. But before we drop, like, Name one more person that you would not be surprised who outside the realm of politics who would okay. run twenty twenty four. Well, obviously my uh, governor here in Florida is definitely. I see him running. Ron DeSantis is going to run. I see that he's ambitious. Oh, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if he shared the ticket with someone. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of somebody outside of him though. Um, outside of him. Pete Buttigieg on the Democratic side, I can see running. I don't think he's on the list. He's kind of like tapped as a potential. He's, I think... still, he's still in the political realm. Huh? He's still in the political realm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You said outside of that. Did you see Kanye going again? Yeah, if he... I wonder which way he would go party-wise. Would he go independent? Would he go I Republican? I think he would go Republican. But I can see he, him going back. To be fair, I, I don't think he would have. Republican base is like very evangelical, and he's sure. kind of blasphemous, and that. So he, I, I don't know. For him, I would say go independent and just keep the do it your way. Don't compromise with your values and keep the keep the party rocking because if he you has, don't make it to a you don't make it to a certain point like Bernie Sanders for instance so radical from the 
Democratic Party, like that he could have his own party, but he chose to do the Democratic ticket when he got eliminated from the, you know, from the shark pit, from the snake pit, like he had to shut the show down. So for Kanye, I don't want, again, with his values, they conflict with Republicans. I would say, yo, go independent. I would even say Trump should go independent. I mean, we said that. It's but coming from an independent. So. This another, this another dark horse. Jay Z, I can see him running. I can see him running. I don't know. I can see him he, running for publicity, but he has a lot of bread invested with Barclays. Still though, only reason I say this, he's another one where he's at in life. I'm looking at where he's at in life. Mm-hmm. His foundation's doing big things. Not only that, though, he meets the criteria for running for president. Mm-hmm. Business venture, self-made, like all this Americana stuff, right? Start really looking at it. I could see him run. I can see him running for president. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And he's very low-key. You really don't know what he's doing until he's doing it. So he moves very strategic. So he would be perfect for politics, actually. I would, I would not be surprised. That's one. That's one I could see a dark horse candidate. I wouldn't um, be shocked if Michelle Obama threw her hat. I know how much she hated it, though. That's that's the part I'd be curious if her perspective changed after. But that's a great candidate too, though. That's a great candidate. I hate to say it. I, great. But the thing is, that's a, that's probably why she would be a great candidate for it when she's really. And, and no disrespect to the sitting administration, but like when you you objectively analyze the, the state of the free world, it's like there are people who may not want to run, who may feel compelled to, just because of the condition of the system. That part. Yeah, that's a good one, bro. Ooh, imagine if her and Jay Z teamed up and ran. Oh, so, so how would that be? I, I'm assuming Mich- Michelle would take the, the ticket. Would it be Obama? Obama? No, I'm sorry. Obama Carter? Carter? Uh, Obama? How would it You would want to go her because of the demographics of what she can pull. First of all, you mm-hmm. make a history. Jay-Z's very strategic, remember. So he's going, oh yeah, you run this queen. Got it, right? I'll ride, I'll get this base. I'll get the D-Boys. I'll get the... Wow. I'll get the... Da, 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 da. She's going to get the women, all ethnicities, for the most Oh part. yeah, oh yeah. Boom, that's in there. And the young people, she's a little more in tune with... Both of them are more in tune with our generation on down. That's in the bag right there. That would be a very powerful move. And... I don't know, it's still a tough run, but um, be formidable competition. <laughs> I'm just thinking that that's the Democratic ticket because I I think I think he leans a little more Democratic, even though he might move Republican. I think he probably leans a little more Democratic, so that might work. At the same time, if you the key is not everyone shares the same values in a party. The key mm-hmm. is to use the party to enforce your values. And he could be that he could 
I'm gonna try to pull. I'm gonna try to pull this on Twitter and see what happens. I'll, I'll, I think I may log in just to see those results. I'll share it with you in that server. But yo, I think we're going way over time. But this is a pack- <laughs> yeah, but yo, it's fire at the end. Yeah, you, fuck it. We we y'all getting along one this week. Fuck it. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, God bless. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's a lovely day. We're gonna get this up and out there to to you all right away. I'm not yeah. trying to, to rhyme. Just get my cat and hat on, but yeah, we're over time. <laughs> God bless, yo. It's been a pleasure rocking with y'all. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. All right, all right, man. Peace. <laughs>